0: Welcome affiliated listeners. We have a special in-studio podcast today, which is always exciting. we are going to be joined by an amazing guest. And of course, I'm joined by one of the best co-hosts to ever exist. Me! In an (laughs) affiliate-oriented marketing podcast. Thomas Ah, McMahon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I just spilled coffee all day. Put that at my feet. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> you you would stay we'll probably edit that. No, you. we won't. We edit <laughs> no. nothing
0: out, especially if it's something I did stupid. It'll stay yeah. in there. So, well, uh, before I introduce our guests, I don't know. You probably can't see him yet if we haven't edited to it. I want to do a little bit of a preamble just let you guys know what's really exciting that we're going to be covering today. Email is easily one of the most important assets in your business or most important parts of your business if you aren't paying attention to it right now. We'll go into why it's more important, but today we're going to be talking about tips automations, and things that you could do with an email expert to start monetizing much better or differently than you are right now. And if you're not monetizing, what are you doing? <laughs> this is your moment to pay attention, stop doing stupid things in your business, and do smart things today, which is something with your email. And yes, that was very, you know, I don't know what happened. My body convulsed out of just rage and anger. But yeah. with that, let's introduce our guest for the day. <laughs> we have <laughs>
2: we have David.
0: So you have to get
2: the Italian side to it. David, how are you doing today? Hey, Kyle, I'm good. I thought I was walking into a, an internet marketing podcast, but it turns out it's just going to be like a comedy talk, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, great. I'm great. Yes, A lot better than I
0: thought. Until all the jokes run out and you're just left with me making weird comments. So Oh, That's, those those will still gonna, be jokes to me. I'll laugh. <laughs> okay, good. All right. <laughs> Brought you here for a reason. <laughs> And so with that, um, one of the things important to know, David, anytime for all of our people when we have a guest in studio, we like to give them a drink curated for them. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, originally there were some changes um, with David's schedule, so I actually had to change the drink that we were originally going to do, and then I had to change it again because I couldn't get the stuff for it. So um, being that you're from Italy and mm-hmm. um, you just reek of... Italian American, which I think is a delightful thing. And we should all love them because they brought us great things like Italian drinks, such mm-hmm. as the Bellini, which is what we're going to share today. And one of the reasons I selected a Bellini after I had to do some adjustments, one of the main reasons I sell on the <laughs> Bellini is when we first met at WebinarCon, maybe it's because we both happen to be twins, which by the way, yep. I'm a twin, so is David. No, mm-hmm. how cool is that? Oh, that's cool. Not each other's twins. I know no, it's, that'd be weird. As you could see, you know, there's a yeah. lot of be- well, I'm just a piece of pair of glasses away from looking just like me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm looking at this camera. <laughs> um, so, but you were just so bubbly and fun. It was this breath yeah. of fresh air. We talked email and it just felt like a delightful, bubbly Bellini. And that's what I wanted to share today. Unfortunately, I can't get pureed peaches anywhere. <laughs> so if you're in Boise, Idaho and you know where to get pureed peaches, please tell me or peach puree or peach juice. I don't know how people consume peaches in liquid form. Um, but we're actually going to move to mimosas today. And we do have a very nice Prosecco. Um, so I'll pour some of
1: that. Oh, that's my cup. Thank you.
0: Yep, that's your cup. And see how we have the, this is known as the corporate size to keep us <laughs> wow, from being irresponsible as I over poured that.
1: Those are pretty good. Actually, <laughs> so that needs a little bit more. All right.
0: <laughs> my professional bartending skills here. All right, Dave, you want to toss yours over here real fast? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're hitting up the splash. marketing
1: team to get more on-brand wonderful wine wonderful. glasses and champagne flutes. We, we will one day. All right, so out. I'm going
0: to toss this over, and for I don't, don't know if do the cameras that. could pick That's this a up. That's terrible to idea. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that either. That's not going <laughs> to.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will slowly hand that to Thomas, but I just want to take a moment and identify. Oh, we forgot to actually put some of the orange juice in here. So we're
1: off to a roaring start. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know.
0: It's a pretty. Uh, uh, it's a pretty clear. I hope you guys notice that Thomas. Has far too many drinks. I have, the, <laughs> I have the appropriate <laughs> amount of drinks, okay? Quite I, the drink yeah. roll.
1: And they're all, I've got my affiliated coffee cup for caffeine, I've got my Make Bank water bottle for hydration, and now I have got my mimosa for fun. So <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say
0: for personality. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all
2: cheers. can't see it. He's got like three underneath his chair as <laughs> yeah, well. There's all the I other. I got a ones. camel back too in case I run out. <laughs> <now>. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: so
0: um we it, we should obviously start off with some sort of cheers or salute. So cheers. I'm gonna say, what'd be a good Italian? What can we do in Italian? Salute. Uh, salute. Salut. All
2: right. Salute. Uh oh,
0: that does not have a satisfying clink at all. So those corporate glasses, I know. Mm-hmm. That is a nice prosecco, quite delightful. So, with that, let's jump into notes things of you orange. Care yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was peaches. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so on to me failing less on the drink section, and let's go into some things that aren't failing, which is sure. email success. So, right. um, first, before we're going to go a little bit in your back history, Dave, just so people can understand, because yeah, I think yeah. it's one of the coolest stories, really, really amazing. But before that, why don't you give people just a little bit of a tease of some of the exciting things that you're helping people with in email today, just so to kind of know a little bit more about why they should be listening to what you're gonna say next.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what I do, I like to tell people in one sentence, I write them, send them, systemize them, keep them out of spam. And after the truckload of emails that just happened on Black Friday, when people say, you know, oh, David, I don't know if email will work for me, I don't know if email works, or email's dead. It ain't. It ain't. I'm, I'm doing this. And sometimes it's those little, little, little hinges that swing big doors, man. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting on a list of like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, heaven forbid, 30,000 people and you haven't emailed them, like this is, it's it's not as much work, I think, as people think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: mean, that could be a big part. And we will talk about how it's not as much work as Some easy ways to get started and making some money. So Tom's... Yeah you already say something. I can't tell.
1: Oh, I just want to make a tag him and bag him joke because that's where Dude. it goes, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. No, that was it. No, you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't land. Yeah. Okay. You're just so no. ready.
0: I should. Um, for any of those that think that Thomas struggles to hold a mic, I don't know if your hands ever show up in these uh, these video. We are currently working with a mic. I don't struggle to a little little hold a mic.
1: I'm forced to hold a mic. No, I know. I <laughs> <And> want <laughs> people know.
0: We know that someone comes along and is like, why is Seth Rogan holding this mic all weird? I want them to know that it's not you. It's the mic. So it's yeah. our, our editor's problem. But it's really funny to me, so I'm going to mention it multiple times. Someone <laughs>
1: sponsor this podcast so we can get a new microphone please. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so as we go, before before we go too much into the other tidbits and some mm-hmm. exciting things from email that we're going to be talking about today, I want to jump in a little bit more because I think, just to preface this, for all those out there that are on your journey right now, and you might sit here thinking, I've made the wrong decision, or everyone's telling me what I'm doing is stupid. Listen to this story right here because you're going to feel... Like the universe has put you in the right path and you should continue to pursue it. So with that, David, because I don't, hopefully don't oversell it. Tell us a little bit more about how you got involved in all this email madness.
2: Yeah, man. So like a lot of entrepreneurs I know, like you fail out of one thing that you thought you were meant to do for a while and it leads to something better. So I was studying to be a doctor of physical therapy for like five years. So after a year of graduate school and just getting my ass kicked And just realizing, you know, I'm forcing myself to do this. I was already failing out. And my professors came to me and said, hey, you know, you can either fail out completely or you can reapply and start over. And I went, you know, all right, I'm going to reapply, right? And three days later, I went to a business conference. joined a mastermind with a credit card that I did not have. Um, and that's that's a long story, <laughs> and I committed fraud.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say that was
2: less of an origin story than we might have heard in marketing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I used um, this wonderful man, uh, Aaron Lebauer, If you're watching this, thank you. Um, he took a chance on me, and he paid for the first month of a mastermind that I decided to join, and that was like the that was the first hit, man. That was the first hit of you know. Finally going from listening to podcasts and and consuming books and stuff to actually doing something, Mm -hmm. man, that was three days later after I failed. So let's dissect that a little bit, because I Mm -hmm. think the the inflection point of action is something
0: that are critical moments in our life, right? Like anytime you have an inflection point where you can and start taking action, that tends to be be the beginning of the fork in the
2: road. 100%. I think
0: lots of times we go left when we should go right, right, in those Mm -hmm. situations. But I'm really curious, what was that... Inflection point that drove you to action. Can you kind of like remember that moment or that oh, thing?
2: Clear as day, man. I remember looking at the stage and you know seeing the value stack, and I remember saying to myself, sitting and saying to myself, "Holy shit! If I let this go by, I'm gonna regret it for the rest of my life." And there's it. Just it. You know, in that moment when something is so unbelievably ten thousand percent certain that you're like, "All right." This is do or die. I'm just, I'm going to do it. So I figured it out. I didn't have the money at the time. You know, I didn't, I was a, I was a dropout. I was a dropout, man. Just a kid sitting in the back of an event. A med school
0: dropout though. I think that's important. There's a distinction of, of dropout levels. It's like so the yeah. best.
2: Elementary out. school yeah. dropout,
0: not quite as good. <laughs> I think that the makes for a better topout. story, <laughs> yeah, you know? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what that story would be. <laughs> right. You know. But yeah, no, that's, yeah. so so, so is that moment, you were sitting in there and you're just like, if I miss out on this, like, it's done. I, I'll, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what was the hardest thing that was holding back from taking those steps previously? Like, what changed? Was it something about <laughs> the overwhelming amount of debt you just put
2: yourself in in <laughs> that moment? Or like, what, what started shifting? I think dude I was just I was done. I was just done. There's that story of that analogy of the dog with the nail in its foot mm-hmm. and the reason why you know it hasn't pulled it out yet it's because it had it doesn't hurt enough. At that point in my life I'm like this this just hurts too much. Physical therapy school sucks. I don't want to be a doctor anymore. I'm working at these clinics. I'm burned out. I'm not happy doing the thing that I thought would make me happy. At the end of the day you can make all the money in the world but if you don't have a smile on your face in the mirror who cares? Who cares, man? So so I took the chance. Um
1: I I'm, remember, yeah. Have you so it sounded like you've been listening to some content and kind of aware oh. of I'll say the space, like in our marketing and yeah. entrepreneurship a bit before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. I was
2: always skirting on the outskirts because I knew like, yeah, I wanted to be a doctor physical therapy, I have that title, but I also wanted to have a clinic. Mm-hmm. So that that seed of entrepreneurship, it was there. So I would listen to other doctors whether they be physical therapy or chiropractors about how to like how to grow your practice mm-hmm. and that that just always seemed right to me so if you're listening to this right now and there's something in your gut that's like this always seemed right It's because it is listen to that please i don't know what camera to look in but like right there listen to that you know that's don't pull a kyle yeah don't <laughs> all the cameras yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but but yeah man listen to that like, your, your gut is telling you to do something, and it might not work out the way you planned, but it's also the th- better than the thing you're currently in.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that idea of, like, misery sometimes is a foregone conclusion, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be hard no matter what path you go, but at least the hope of happiness should be what you're always chasing. So if you could, Absolutely. If you could chase a smile, right? Like, if you yeah. chase the internal happiness you'd be hoping for that is worth whatever misery you might have to go through. Mm-hmm. And it's you're all probably going to go through misery no matter what, right? Exactly. Just as much as half of you be have a little so, misery, so. <laughs> Yeah. misery. Um, no, that's really amazing. So all those listeners right now, if you're on that fence, take the action. Thomas, I know you're about to say something inspiring. I can feel it. No,
1: gosh. It's, 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 <laughs> you, yeah. you, keep me, you keep setting me up for failure. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was hoping, it was like, I was like, this is going to work. It's, it wasn't even trying to be a dick. It just... Uh, <laughs> Say something funny. Uh, <laughs> say something uh, no. uh, <laughs> I thought you had it ready. To nope. Oh I was God. I was gonna ask like so you buy the mastermind yep. or you get help with buying the mastermind. Yep. What was what was that core thing you were looking for in that? And did it deliver? Like talk, take us through a little bit of the journey of the mastermind to where you are now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the mastermind helped me say, okay, I want to have this online personal training business, which by the way, failed. So usually the first thing you start will fail and that's okay. Um, but that helped me realize, oh, you need to have an offer. Oh, you need to actually You know, post content. You need to do the things an online online business owner stereotypically does. You need to stop thinking like a grad student, which I had to tell my parents. Oh, by the way, I'm not going back to grad school. I quit. I'm done. Which that was another conversation as well.
0: I'm sure a quiet one with an Italian family. Oh my god!
2: Oh my god! And
0: kind. You guys probably had a chia bowl Mm -hmm. afterwards. You know, (laughs) like
2: seems about right. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a great chia bowl. Uh, but the masterminds I think and to, to go off of that point the mastermind kind of gave me the the faith and belief of yeah people aren't going to understand mm-hmm. some people will never understand. My parents and I love them dearly um, they of course they didn't understand it was their kid dropping out of an Ivy League you know medical school to to do something completely different. Uh, they're not entrepreneurs so it was awesome to have a mastermind that was like, hey, here's how to do this, but also, yeah, you're not crazy. I mean, you are. You are completely out of your mind. If you're an entrepreneur, you're crazy, but you're with a bunch of other crazy
1: people who say, all right, keep going. Like, you're on the right path, kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. really
1: good. So you launched the physical therapy or f- online physical training offer. Right. Didn't go like you hoped. Hell no. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah. So then what was the next step after that yeah. failure?
2: So after working on that, And this is such a stereotypical entrepreneur story. But, um, you know, after moving from New York, where I hail from, to Florida in the pandemic to live live with my twin brother and try and figure this business crap out and just sleeping on his couch for like eight months straight, the, the online business, personal training business, it wasn't working. So I figured out, well, maybe I can offer a different skill that other online entrepreneurs need. So I learned video editing. So I started selling video editing services to the people inside of, inside of the masterminds. I'm like, oh, people are actually paying for this. And I remember getting a sale for $50 for a video. And I, I almost like wet myself. It was, it was unbelievable, <laughs> man, that it was such a hit. I'm like, wow, this online stuff might just work. So that was, that was just an incredible experience. And from there, video editing and just learning the game a little bit more I eventually got a job out here in Boise, uh, doing video editing. And that's where I learned what we're talking about today, which is, uh, the email marketing stuff. So it's been man, like it's, it's like you're a tennis ball in the court of life. So you're going to get hit around, but eventually you're going to cross the net if you just keep staying on the court.
1: Nice. Yeah. So now your core business, can you describe that up for us? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, Everything email. So, uh, myself and uh, the people I'm hiring soon, which is awesome um we write emails we send them we systemize them we keep them out of spam so that way you know business owners who who would rather play whack-a-mole with their own right hand than bang out an email on a friday night we do that so you don't have to
1: gotcha Mm -hmm. and so to clarify too so you went and got a so did you have like a w-2 job doing the video editing piece yeah yeah so i had
2: the w-2 job doing the video Piece, and then learning email, also learning Facebook ads on the <laughs> way. So it's just a lot of different hats. Uh, but eventually, you know, I just kept going at this email stuff. I saw that yeah. every time we sat down to do a weekly meeting, emails were the most profitable. It's the most profitable marketing channel, at least in this business. I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on any of you ad guys out there. <laughs> uh, but it's something, I'm like, there's something here. So I kept learning more and more, not just in the job, but also buying courses with my own money, you know, and, and learning and trying to figure out this email game because I saw it was working.
1: Nice. Uh, yeah, I want to touch on that real quick because yeah. I think there's a lot of people like, oh, how do I break into the space, how do I, I'm struggling. It's like, I tell a lot of people, go get a job. <laughs> yep. it's like it sounds yep. it's like, My God. I, I want yeah. to be an entrepreneur, I can't go get a job, but no, go get a job and learn the skills that will help you become an entrepreneur later, mm-hmm. right? Because you'll get paid, you'll have steady income, you can put yeah. that towards courses like you just said, or whatever mm-hmm. other training you need. And you're learning a skill set that you can leverage later when you do want to branch out and can branch out with more confidence Absolutely. and the services you can provide. So mm-hmm. it's the, yeah, you could be an affiliate manager, you could be a you know, junior copywriter, video editor. Like you're saying, there's so many things that digital entrepreneurs need that they're hiring for that you can get a, the dirty word J-O-B, <laughs> go get a job, <laughs> and kind of break into the space that way, get paid to go to networking events or affiliate manager, all this right. kind of stuff. And then when you're ready and have more stability, you can kind of branch on your own and have a lot better chance of success. Yeah.
0: No, I was going to say, I think that's that's great. I think one of the other things about that, too, is that it really helps you understand. I imagine you probably learned a lot of this. You get to see the entrepreneurial experience, right? Yeah. Ideally, at a somewhat successful level, enough to hire at least one employee. So I think <laughs> I think that counts for something, that when you're going through and you want to know, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to have a business, mm-hmm. I think getting a job for an entrepreneur beforehand is really, really valuable, for one, you might realize, like, I don't think I want to be an entrepreneur, right? (laughs) Because you you Mm -hmm. might see, like, I remember the first time working for, like, a small business, and you see that large companies die slowly. Small Mm -hmm. ones do not. It's sometimes very, very sudden. And when you start realizing that, you're like, wow, this is, like, a different type of rush to work under. Yeah, You might find that you hate that. And you're like, I would never like to do this. And so, instead of Toiling away in misery at a, at, a, at a you know trying to start your own business. Right, you could learn that while you're steadily employed and building a skill set you yeah. might enjoy. Right, so I think I agree with you that that's sometimes underutilized. And I think a lot of the reason and I'll just break the marketing barrier here. It's very easy to tell people to jump in with both feet and invest oh in God, everything man. in my course and mm-hmm. everything I'm going to sell them. Not necessarily that I think that's an effective tool for success. But it sure is an effective tool for my success if I'm selling it. So yeah. this mm-hmm. is my little soapbox to say sometimes two feet in, if that's what you need yeah. to go do something, do it. Go two feet in, jump in, fail fast, fail hard, see what mm. happens. Well, right? might be, like, but that's not yeah. everybody.
1: And I don't yeah. think everyone needs to approach well, it that. Well, might way. be jumping two feet in by you know, quitting whatever job you're doing that you hate yeah. or whatever thing you're doing mm-hmm. that you hate and going and getting maybe a less paying job or something, but breaking at sure. an entry level to break into a new space. Right. Smart. So it could still be a big risk. Yeah. You're kind of Hedging your risk with income, hopefully, yeah, yep. the J-O-B, W-2, all that good stuff. Hopefully just, some bennies, and then, yeah.
0: I just don't want anyone to be like Andy from The Office in that final season when he quits his job to go be a, a celebrity. So just don't do that. As long as yeah. you don't do that, you don't burn your britches that way. <laughs> so, Well, yeah. with that, let's actually now jump in to talking about some of these email inventions. And again, really appreciate it. I think that was fantastic. Of course. Great line of questioning, Thomas. So, I think one of the biggest ones to start out, you'd mentioned deliverability a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a while that we've had a
1: deliverability conversation on the podcast. Well, I know, I so, like, well, I know this year, it seems like, or over the last 18 months, it seems like email's taken a beating. Yeah. From the mm-hmm, context mm-hmm, I have, anyway, right? The list managers, the offer owners, it's just like, man, deliverability's down, 100%. revenue's down. That's the core issue, right? Revenue is down mm-hmm. for emailers. Yeah. And they're just scratching their heads. They're going, We can't really pinpoint why necessarily. They're kind of trying to, they're left holding what they thought was a really good asset. It still is, but just wow, this is producing less revenue than it should based on historical performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd, be, I'd love to dive in with you. But yeah, what yeah. I, you're I seeing. think deliverability yeah. is definitely a big mm-hmm. start
0: to that because no one sees the email because it's a right. promo tab. Mm-hmm. Good or luck spam. ever getting money off that one. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we could start there and let's go into some of these other. Monetization tactics. I don't mm-hmm. know why I bit my tongue when I try to say monetization. That's impressive. That's a lot of syllables <laughs> that's for you. Yeah. You still yeah. got it. Out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a big word for Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's yeah. let's talk. Start with deliverability. So mm-hmm. obviously, a big issue. We see it shrinking right now. I think uh, you know you're emailing every single day. You want to make money off of it. So let's let's talk about the science of deliverability. So some share man. us a little bit some of the things that you commonly do and some of the com- common problems you see with your clients when, the, when they're not getting that high deliverability
2: rate. Yeah, you got it. So to anybody listening, the word deliverability is really big, and there's a lot of syllables. All that means is just getting the emails to the inbox. That just means getting, whenever you send an email, it goes to somebody's inbox. And it sounds really simple, but it's hard, man. It's hard. Gmail, Yahoo, they just released um, an announcement that they're tightening everything up. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into the tech here, but they're, they're kind of stronger, man. It's like imagine it's TSA letting your emails. Well, I was let's get yeah. I'm
0: curious about the tech actually. I think that's yeah, something. Some absolutely. of these updates, some people might not even know that could be what's impacting them. Um, but but I think we have some pretty sophisticated emailers. So I'd be curious to know kind of yeah what what changes in the tech have they done that's sure, restricting man. some of that deliverability and getting yourself out of promos or social tabs or the other. I well, think they yeah. even
1: have a new tab now. We'll, don't cl- they? we'll click clarification when you say into the inbox. Yeah. Does that count? Like the promotions folder. That's and a stuff? great question. Yeah.
2: So the promotions tab actually counts as the inbox. Okay. Now it's not the type of it's not the part of the inbox I want to be in. Right. right? You know, Gmail
1: is like not every provider filters the way Gmail exactly. does. Yeah. Right. So exactly. So like, when you're just saying deliverability, it just means like the email got to the mm-hmm. person's email that you're. I like to define it as getting to the inbox. And when I say it, I,
2: I should have specified, it's getting to the right inbox because okay. Outlook has you know a, a different folder and Apple has a different folder. So yes, the promotions tab is still part of the inbox. And I've had LinkedIn people give me some serious side eye for, for crapping on the promotions tab, but... Um, at the end of the day, I want to be in front I, those of those people, LinkedIn
0: people. You don't know? like making money, then. So anyone that would crap on that.
1: <laughs> they, <laughs> it's, well, what it's, a, it's, it's the promotions tab. There's yeah. a social tab. And there's a Inbox tab. Right? Mm-hmm. Updates. Yeah. Right? Updates. Yeah, so Updates that's yeah. a new one. Yeah.
0: yeah. I knew they had a new tab that things were starting to go to. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But as far as as far as the tech and like the two things that Gmail and Yahoo came out with at least at the time of this recording, they say you have to authenticate your domains if you're doing mass sending, and that means DKIM. SPF DMARC records, get it set up, get it set up by someone who knows what they're doing because I've seen people, you know, set it up. They come to me, they're like, it's not working. I'm like, did you do it? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, all right. That's probably why, you know, there's a (laughs) reason, there's a reason I don't walk tight ropes. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. So that's number one. You got to set up your uh, domain. You have to authenticate your domain. And if you're already following best practices and you got someone taking care of this for you, they've already done it. So you're in the clear. Number two, they're actually setting a threshold for spam emails. So if you're blasting your list and people are complaining, 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 at some point there's now a threshold that they're gonna just say, "All right, we're just not gonna accept your and emails is, anymore." Is
1: they Gmail yes. Yahoo? Okay, yep.
0: gotcha. Yep. Yeah. So you could end up getting. So this isn't so if much. If you get enough yeah. complaints, they would ban any of your emails from getting sent. That's right. So you this isn't so much over. the.
1: This isn't the email service provider using in their isp and them trying to protect that it's the actual gatekeeper is gmail going yeah it's the no. isp okay. itself yeah okay yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: that okay. could be
0: so that's so obviously probably on release i mean does anyone have an idea where that threshold is because that sounds like a scary thing yeah it's Brian,
2: zero point oh, i should have googled it but i think it's 0.03 percent could be, it could be. It sounds so tiring. Tiny, so low. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Okay. You'd be very surprised if you have, you know, a list of 30,000. And that's someone going,
1: here. they're getting an email and they're going, this is spam. This is spam. Okay. Yeah. Mm
2: hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. For, f- I mean, for myself and for the other email list that still managers, feels I know. really small to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. need a
1: very big list mm-hmm. to right. be able to mitigate that percentage. If you've mm-hmm. got, yeah, a smaller list, that's like, yeah. One so spam if I have a yeah. like 10,000,
0: Email Mm -hmm. list. What one spam complaint? Like what what is the number on that? I feel like that is not math. I definitely do not I'm a
1: creative writing major. I'm not gonna try. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Counting major. I should know these things. Yeah. That definitely
0: is not correct math. But like it wouldn't take a lot, even on a ten thousand email list of of direct spam complaints before you're done with Gmail.
2: And they're also really shady about like what what does zero point zero three percent again? I gotta look up the number. What does it mean? Does that mean in a year? The is at a rolling thirty like, days. What is it? And the yeah. thing is, they don't tell you. Of course okay. they don't. You know, they. <laughs> You'll find out. It's kind of like, it's kind of like having a really strict nun in the front of the classroom who doesn't tell you the rules of the class. So you just think, all right, if I sit up straight, and I just do my work, and I say my prayers, I think she's not going to hit me with a ruler. That's pretty much what you do. <laughs> All right, so let's see how we don't get
0: hit by Google's rules. Because that's so scary. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we have enough rosaries to get <laughs> ourselves out of Google. So when you're Apple, analy- so. when
1: you're jumping into like a new client, I assume like what they're doing, what are you yeah. looking for to help improve deliverability and that yeah. kind of problem yeah. solved? Yeah, specifically,
0: yeah. what are the things that you're doing? So uh, knowing now that I would say deliverability and, and List or email opener happiness is gonna be super critical with some of you, especially that Google update. Yeah. What are some of the things that you're doing to increase deliverability and increase reader happiness so they don't touch that spam button or complaint
2: button? Yeah, so number one thing, and I I gotta give props to uh, Kristen Rushman. Kristen, I hope I'm saying your name right. (laughs) Um, She always said that deliverability is 90% behavioral and 10% technical. And I think, I think that's just a beautiful way of saying it. I'm kind of jealous. I wish that I could have come up with that, (laughs) but the number one thing that I've seen in my clients' accounts and other people's accounts, just set expectations, man. The moment somebody signs up for your thing, you tell them, Hey, here's your thing. Here's how often I'm going to be emailing you. Here's what we're going to be talking about. If you're not okay with it, totally fine. You can unsubscribe right here. And you put those up unsubscribe links like right at the top, too. Oh, yeah. Right? If you want if you want to get jiggy with it, you can put it at the top.
1: Oh, if, we want to get jiggy If with you want to yeah. get jiggy yeah. with
2: it, you can put it at the top. I like to put it um, right beneath the person's name, right? So custom unsubscribe link right beneath the person's name. Sorry, and
1: person's name, like at the signature line? Yep, like okay, right yeah. below their name. It's like the... Like, sincerely, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was literally thinking after yeah.
2: I literally think the reverse. So you were like,
1: hey, Tom, unsubscribe. <laughs> I, was like, I like, knew I needed to clarify because Kyle I'm was like, wow, good. damn.
2: <laughs> Pretty aggressive. <laughs> In the wrong, wrong direction. Man, so, that's like walking into a first
1: date and paying and walking out. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks. Most bye. of my first dates yeah. on the yeah. other side. Yeah. I assume you're not like, yeah, you're not wanting them to unsubscribe, but you're making right. it easy for them if Absolutely. they want to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, you make them, if they're walking into a party, you want them to know where the door is. You don't no, want to make I, them try and find okay, it. Okay,
1: but uh, mm-hmm. but David, I need the biggest email list I can. I don't want people to unsubscribe because I want to make a lot of money. I want to keep emailing them. Mm-hmm. Why, why would I make it easier for them to subscribe? Because if you don't, they
2: might complain. They might not do anything. They might not read any of your emails. And because of that, then Google will say, hey, wait a minute. You're sending a bunch of emails to people who aren't opening. Are you? Do they know that you're supposed to be doing that? (laughs) So then that's when Google starts to say, all right, well, maybe we'll shift them into promotions. Maybe we'll shift them into spam. We, We don't like you. We don't like what you're doing. So even if they do opt in, now that that doesn't matter anymore, Google just wants
1: to see engagement. It's a user experience that you're listening to. All getting, user right. experience, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. You look at the changes they make to like SERPs and search engine results. It's like it's all user based, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so
0: understanding that's a, it's like almost like setting up that expectation yeah. mm-hmm. allows you to get it invites engagement, right? You're yeah. just filtering out empty voices and. By allowing them to unsubscribe and actually unsubscribing them. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, sounds god. crazy, but yeah. you know you should actually yeah, unsubscribe don't get me started on that. Uh, but but actually unsubscribing them afterwards, all you're really doing is eliminating risk in your business. Yeah. 100%. It seems like the
1: seems like the sellers and offer owners who get really upset that like pre rebuild notifications go out, right? Like, hey, you've got a recurring offer or you've got a recurring billing about to happen in three days. Like, why would you send that? This going to increase my oh, yeah. cancels, right? It's like. Yes, it will increase your cancels. But if someone's canceling only because of that email, they're probably a bad person to have on your subscription anyway. Yeah. Because they're going mm-hmm. be, to turn into refunding six months of orders and or charge backing six months of orders. Yeah. And now you're going to be over a barrel a bit with your denominator issue. Yeah. So I think it's a similar thing, right? If someone's going to mm-hmm. want to unsubscribe, you probably should let them because they don't want them on that email list mm-hmm. anyway for the health of it. Yeah. Okay. And
0: I, I'd imagine from a trust capacity... Your first email says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to email you this many times with this type of content. If you don't like it, no problem. Yeah. Unsubscribe now. Like, I think that's really, really, really great. And actually, even echo that, I remember um, going to Grant Cardone Mastermind. And he straight up said, and one of his friends is like, I'll email this shit out of you. Like, I know that was the inappropriate amount of uh, designation to use. Shit. But he said, (laughs) straight up, he's like, I I email some people (laughs) like four to five to six times a day. Yeah. I got on that email list because I didn't believe him. I believe it wasn't effective. He does. (laughs) He emails you (laughs) Mm -hmm. so many times a day. Now, again, he's also allowing you to unsubscribe. He says he's going to do it, he then does it. It, it like you're not mad because you're going into this situation expecting way too many emails <laughs> from Grant Cardone because he told you he was going to do that. Right. And guess what? I didn't unsubscribe, probably because I'm a marketer, but also because he said he would. And if I got annoyed, I wouldn't complain. I would just unsubscribe because of sure. property. Yeah, this is on brand for Grant. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. And, yep. And, and I think it's one of the things that's important. Like, listen. If somebody wasn't doing that, they were like the cleanest, purest, nicest. But like if Esther Perel was emailing me six times a day, I would be complaining so fast. <laughs> Cause it's not really her brand. I'd yeah. be really confusing. Yeah. I don't know I mean, how many times a day I need to find out that I'm not being a good husband, like uh, <laughs> six is too many. <laughs> um, so
1: how, so I think that expectation setting is really, really interesting for sure. So you're setting good expectations or letting them unsubscribe easily. How much do things like copy links in your, email like like how much how is text. that yeah how yeah. much is that images I hear so many different things about like oh there's too many links in it that made it get filtered out there was the copy seemed overly promotional that's why I went yeah. to promotions like what how much of that is true versus fact I'm guessing what actually impacts it on a copy like as part of the email and deliverability
2: sure I think if you get on the nuns good side She's more likely can to we let start things calling slide. Google the nun? The nun, I think baby, we yeah. should. That yeah. sounds like the movie, so it it's kind of scary, even but better. even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a new Halloween costume. ABC nun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think when people say, "Oh, you can only put X amount of links in an email," I'm like, "You sure?" Because I have put links in emails. I put zero links in emails, and they were delivered. I've put ten links in emails. They've been delivered. What's your relationship with your subscribers? You know, are you? If you are being overly promotional, it's because you are. If you're saying, you know, my course can uh, give you the ability to fly to Mars and breathe, then yeah, you're gonna get marked as spam. If too you, bad, I like I, that offer. I know, I know. I'll come out with it on next year. You okay, can, sounds uh, good. Sounds good. <laughs> you can you reference it. Yeah, but um, if you are using words like make money online, which that's what we do, so it's not, it's not, not truthful, right? Mm-hmm. But Those are like little triggers that you have to be careful of with Google, with Yahoo, you know. So if your language is a little too evangelical, dial it back a little bit. Right. Right. If you are putting 36 links in an email, yeah, maybe don't do that. (laughs) But if you have a good relationship with Google and AOL and Outlook and Hotmail and all that. I'm just going to refer to that as ISPs so yeah. I don't have to keep okay. repeating myself. So if you have a good relationship with ISPs, you're treating your subscribers well, people are opening, people are clicking, people are replying huge, mm. they're more likely to be totally fine with you sending 10 links in an email.
1: I think it's going back to the user It's back to experience, the user experience right? Experience. Like yeah. if, if the links are serving a good purpose for somebody, mm-hmm. then yeah, probably include yeah. the link. Yeah, it's like... And if they're not links that aren't, you know, bit.ly links or redirect links or links to some sketchy mm. websites because they know they'll check. So it's better to use a do, like your own domain link or something. Yeah. Would like a pretty links count where it's like this is my own domain but it's going to redirect to something else. Because when you send an email out from an email marketing
2: software if mm-hmm. you click on it it actually redirects to the email marketing software first so they can record that someone clicked it and then it yep. goes to you know the original website. Mm-hmm. So That's already one redirect. You don't want to keep stacking those.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I would say like ClickBank has got a direct linking feature now. You can be using Mm -hmm. to track so you don't have to use the hop link. It's something Mm -hmm. that the offer owner has to set up. But if you're an emailer, this might be relevant for you, right? Because now you could be using direct linking to go to a page you host or whatever it is, or even just that link. So you don't have to use a ClickBank hop link in your email. Which would be two redirects, essentially, what you're describing. Well, yeah, to the ESP and then to the hop link or vice versa, right? So if you can... Minimize that maybe with direct linking. That might be something to look into. Because I, I would
0: imagine ESP, if they saw like three redirects before a yeah. page loaded from an email, they'd be like,
1: no, I don't like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That doesn't seem right. Why are you doing that?
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah, I guess it's something to try. This yeah. is not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. No, yeah. that's, that's that's really yeah. interesting. I think a great thing. And I think the thing here, too, is just to echo, I think this will be a theme throughout it, is it's behavioral not technical. Yeah. Right? Thank you, Chris. So and the behavior, if you're just pushing too hard, that might be why you're not getting yeah. deliverability, right? Yep. You're just pushing too hard and your customers are saying no. And I know um we've had some people in the past talk about segmentation. It's important to, yeah. to really segment to the right openers. I think again, people that are actually um looking your emails. But I think for all people in general, like refining it down to the right people is actually where your monetization occurs. Yeah. Now Mm-hmm. With that, I don't want to I want to kind of transition a little bit here But not entirely away from unsubscribes sure because in our in our past conversation We were doing the pre-meeting for this you mentioned something that you were doing unsubscribes. I and I might be ignorant In this subject not just in general Um, But I had never heard this before and I thought it was super yeah. super cool So tell tell us a little bit about what you do with your clients when it comes to unsubscribe mm-hmm. Pages which I think is really interesting.
2: Yeah, so and I loved having this conversation with you because <laughs> your eyes just start started widening. Yeah. So what I do when I put the unsubscribe link underneath the person's name, so it's David Cartelano unsubscribe here, that unsubscribe page, that unsubscribe link can go to a page that I want so I can, you know, send it to another funnel. So that way... You know, we have the automation that immediately unsubscribes people in our email marketing software.
1: So it already takes care of that. Okay, so it is unsubscribing when you click unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. But they're going to a page now. But they're going to
2: the page that you want them to Mm, go. Okay. So that page,
0: yeah. Because you had said before, it's your unsubscribed page is most likely going
2: to be in your business. The second most viewed like landing page you have mm-hmm. unsubscribe subscribe yeah. and thank you those that's prime real estate if you're just saying okay cool no no use that You've well, gotta to use you gotta use it, go yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. which yeah. i think most people yeah. i i don't think i've they ever seen a an template, list. Yeah. It's
0: just literally like what list would you like to not be a part of and i remember, remember i'm like
1: i'm a part of that many lists that's yeah. the first thing i was like ah yeah yeah
0: so. But yeah, that's the most I've
2: ever seen.
1: Okay, so mm-hmm. you're unsubscri- So they you are actually unsubscribing on that click. You're not making them take a double opt-out thing. Yeah, don't don't okay, do that. People yeah. hate that. Yeah.
2: But yeah. once you take them to the funnel or the web page or whatever, you can say, Hey, would you be interested in this? It could be an offer, could be a video, could be something. Uh, you can even be like like a little tongue in cheek with it and say, Hey, you know, I dropped the ball. Here's my way of bribing you back on my list. And then you you give them an offer and then bring it back on the list. Um, again, set expectations with almost people. Downsell
1: back onto the list. You can downsell yeah. back
2: on the list. Yeah, yeah. But like that was one of those things
0: that like super simple makes a ton of sense. The one set you said about like yeah, you get tons of visits on that. And like mm-hmm. yeah, you probably do. What yeah. what do
1: you see work? I guess is the intention there. Do you see it work better to like try to sell someone another conversion, or is yeah. it better to just like get a free thing to get them back on a list? Like what do you in your behavioral lens? Well, it's almost there, like what's like, the
0: goal on that right yeah yeah because mm-hmm. like I, it, sometimes if you're trying to sell product i don't really care if you're on the email list or i want mm-hmm. you as a buyer on that list so yeah, yeah i'm curious there what would be the the main drivers or maybe it'd be business
2: i think it depends specific. and i know that's not an answer people like to look for but like everything in life it depends if you're doing e-com then yeah you might want to give them a coupon for a product if you're doing b2b consulting maybe give them like a small mini course um if you're just mainly a content creator, say hey, that's cool. You can still check out my YouTube channel and subscribe there. You know, mm-hmm. so you have to pull the strings in the yeah. way that serves your business best.
1: Are you seeing anyone do like surveys or anything? Like, why did you unsubscribe? Are they doing anything with that data? Is it? I haven't seen it, but hey, okay. like, why not? Yeah, kind of yeah. Like, Even well, I, know, on the way I always love the survey for customers. Like, hey, how'd you hear about us? And helps you revalidate your data yeah. that. No, not everyone came from Google, right? <laughs> it's just <laughs> what your tracking analytics says they came from. Um, yeah. But on the, on, like, hey, why are you leaving? You know, I could see that being, but I'd imagine there's better real estate you could be using on that page. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think the problem with that is like, it'd be good to get that information sometimes. Yeah. But, but the, the other thing is like, I don't, I think the people that'll answer it won't be all that telling sometimes. Because survey bias is, is a real thing. Like we tend to answer questions of who we aspire to be, not who we are. Yeah. And who mm-hmm. we are is what we make decisions with our buy, like our, our wallets, mm-hmm. right? That's who defines us. So, I mean, me personally, I think I like the idea of like, hey, you didn't like I dropped the ball. I understand you didn't like the content we had at this point. Here's some other options that might be a better fit for you, and we mm-hmm. find other people. Because what I'm really doing is all I actually care about is what's the buying behavior or the. In- whatever intentional behavior that got them on my list beforehand. Now uh, maybe we need to define that a little bit more clearly for this person. Yeah. So what I really want is just who are the engaged people and can I get another opportunity to engage with them. Yeah. Versus I think sometimes if you go and just um, huh. try and get back on the list or slowly back on the list, something like that, it might not necessarily bring or yield a customer you even want. So that'd be my I, thoughts.
1: I was, I'm curious, like – how do you even know you have a deliverability issue? Because I've heard with like oh, the, the yeah. new, you know, all the iOS changes that happened, sure. all that kind of stuff like data gets has gotten a lot murkier than it used to be. Like, mm-hmm. how do you even know that that is the thing to focus on? Simple litmus
2: test. You get a bunch of your own personal emails and then you send emails from your email marketing software to those emails and you see where they land. That's it. Okay, and so that's reliable it's, enough? Yeah, Absolutely. Can, okay, yeah. So if it's landing in promo, if it's landing in spam, you're going to know. You know, you're, you're just going to see it. You can, if you have a team, you can send it to them. You could ask your your best friend from home and be like, hey, can you f- tell me if you get this email or not? You yeah. know, that's and that's just simple litmus test. I know that there are different softwares out there that that I use to do like a greater look. But man, if you're a business owner, you're pressed for time, just email yourself, see where it goes.
1: Kind of get, Take that gut check. Yeah. And then how do you prompt people to actually send you replies to an email, and how do you make Mm that, I guess I could see people doing that just hacky, and they're not gonna do anything with those replies. Like, How do you make that a good user experience and actually get meaningful replies that are important to your business? good for you as a business beyond
0: deliverability. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Dean Jackson's nine word email. That thing works gangbusters. It is. I think I have. Yeah, so Dean Jackson came up with this simple email and I've used it so many times, and it works. All you say is, it's like a nine word question. So if I, were, um, if I were a tutor for one of those kids in the school with the crazy nun, and I wanted to email them for my math tutoring services, and I'm terrible at math, so this is really hypothetical. <laughs> so I would say, are you still struggling with algebra, question mark? That's it. Um, if I want, I can say reply yes, and we'll have a conversation. Um, but just like a, just a regular, simple email, as if I'm sending an email to you, hey, uh, what time do you wanna get lunch?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then they reply 12 p.m. That's it, those nine word emails, that can be great for, um, I know I've used it, for B two B consulting, that works really well. Mm-hmm. You know, are you still struggling with your sales retention question mark? Re- I'm looking to help three people this week for it. Reply yes if you want to be one of them. Gotcha. Okay, so just yep. giving
1: them a simple prompt to say simple prompt one word answer. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I-,
2: I love the idea of not making a reply yes. I'm
0: curious, have you seen differences in the split testing for that? Because I think oh, there's no difference. No, no oh, difference. Interesting. Because yeah. I'd be like my instincts would be like the vaguer. Like if you do, if you give them openness, you'll get better responses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it depends on what your goal is. Yeah. Now, I would think if you're like a weight loss company or a diet company, and put, "Hey, are you still struggling to lose weight?" to an active list of buyers that have already bought your product is really interesting. That'd be yeah. a really interesting one. Especially if you followed up anybody that opens, you put them on like a affiliate sequence, like a separate, different one because you've already engaged with them in a different way. Um, and if they're still struggling, you know that they're prompt for other products. So that's really interesting. Sorry, I'm like now just ideating on our. Yeah, are you, and
1: are you sending that? Say the nine word email. Is that something you're just sending to the whole list at a regular interval? Is that something you're sending to people after they've joined a certain amount of time? Yeah, like they there like, part like of a the mm, onboarding yeah.
0: sequence, like because I know a new user, the faster you give them a the reply, that definitely helps with deliverability. I shouldn't say no. I
2: have heard, in my understanding, <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so in my welcome sequences, I do have one of those emails in there just to just to see if like yes, if, see if what we have is what they want, but also to kind of proke them up, uh, mm-hmm. provoke them, poke them. Yeah, same yes. thing, proke them. So you want to like proke that. them a little bit to see if they're even alive, to see if yeah. they're even opening the emails. Yeah. So I like to have it there. And if you are B2B, I found that. Sending an email late Sunday night, or scheduling one if you'd like to get to bed. Scheduling email late Sunday night with that nine-word call and response, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I've seen that work.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I do think that when yeah. I'm dreading Mondays as you look through all your emails Sunday night, I love an easy response that yeah. you can get and bang out real fast. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So that, that makes a ton of sense. And you're probably getting entrepreneurs in their most pained state, Mm-hmm. At the end of a weekend, looking at what you're going to have to do for yep, the rest of the It ain't an week. accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a super smart timing thing. I like that a lot. I, I mean, my, my thoughts would be, for that same email, like, how do you extrapolate that into health? How do you extrapolate that into other verticals? Like, when is the time that you're most likely the most self-loathing?
2: Yeah. Mm. man Saturday morning gosh we're getting heavy Kyle Uh, every day (laughs) I was gonna say I was
1: gonna say
0: like 10 o'clock at night when I go yeah like like, like,
2: so 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 then right there right yeah yeah it'd
0: be like to Mm -hmm. me it'd be like nine o'clock and you go you're trying to calm down maybe that's the time to send the emails like do you regret what you ate tonight like I, cause I, that was your subject. Like you might, did you regret? So it's like a subtle
1: little twist of the knife without being overly dramatic. Yeah. 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 But you think if
0: you were in that state, like you'd be like, yeah, I did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I regret it a lot. And then you're like, great. Well, why tell us more? And then you elaborate. Next thing you know, I now know someone's food struggles. I'm talking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards the fact that gosh, I got to stop doing this stupid crap well, guess what? We might have an opportunity for you to stop doing this stupid crap. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so sorry, I'm getting, again, like marking nerdy on this. But I really no, like okay. that simple question yeah. response. But I think mm-hmm. also the thing that you really put in there is have that question triggered up towards when they're most likely to answer that question. Yeah. Whatever you're doing your business. I've so if it's B2B like, uh, Sunday night, yeah,
1: we'll have to figure mm-hmm. out health and fitness. But <laughs> there's yeah. lots of I've seen and, some and of the more of this I don't know, but like, you know, Justin Goff stuff in Georgia is against Stanley's like the copy gurus out there they'll kind of mm-hmm. do like the do you still want to be on my list kind yep. of thing that's a great one and it's just like a way to like yeah i do don't kick me off it's like <laughs> 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 because they have a lot of people that just follow them for almost a newsletter type thing right? yeah it's like, hey do you still want to be my list like you haven't opened for a while it's like oh yeah i do like yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah they probably that's wouldn't true. have kicked me off anyway but <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah yeah
0: but that, that's really great though just again to re-engage and do those pulse checks yeah. um yep. so that's a fantastic one. So I want to get one more, because we're getting close on time. And I realize the way this podcast is going, and I'm probably the number one department for it. It'll go forever. I don't feel like we won't stop talking anytime soon. So let's give one more tip. And what I really would like is, I think we get this question a ton from people going to email, which is, which ESP do I check? Which software am I going to select? And I know that's kind of always a challenging question to answer Mm -hmm. in that, a lot of what software selecting is going to depend on where you're at in your absolutely. business. Sometimes. So that being said, give whatever qualifiers you want. If you could just tell us maybe the the ESPs that you enjoy working with the most, um, and why, and who you recommend. That being like who are the who do you recommend for clients?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, top recommendation, if you are not using a CRM, is Campaign Refinery. Their on their deliverability is unbelievable. Uh, The CEO, Travis, you know, we we talk every so often and he just he cares so ridiculously much. You know, they are not a VC backed squeeze every dollar out of our customer type business. So um, they're really good.
1: They've been performance marketer friendly, too. Yeah. 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 yeah, we've got it, they built an integration to us, so we can add a link or something to the description to that integration Absolutely. page. We've got, and yeah, yeah.
0: And if they'd like us to um, teach them how to squeeze more out of all of their customers in a very aggressive way, we could probably
2: talk. About I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, we don't, we don't. Do that. <laughs> oh my god, but yeah, campaign refinery is great. I think, um, if you like Go High Level, I think Go High Level and Mailgun are also pretty, pretty, pretty damn good deliverability there, I think. So real yep. fast, first Campaign for Andrew, this is, I think, the
0: third mention that's happened on this podcast. Again, really, yeah. really great service out there. Um, but can you elaborate a little bit more on the mail gun and go high level? Because yeah, that that's yeah, that's, that's yeah, a yeah, two-part yeah. system there. And where we've been hearing a lot about go high level seems like a really awesome CRM yeah. um, for the people that are using it. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that this could be a really exciting thing for a lot of people. But sure. elaborate on that setup a bit more.
2: Yeah, so... There's ESPs and SMTPs. ESP is kind of like the post office where you can, you know, buy post, uh, stamp by post, by stamps, <laughs> by um, cards and, and wrap up packages and stuff. And SMTP is just the mail carrier who delivers the letters back and forth, right? So Mailgun is a mail carrier. Mm-hmm. Go High Level is the post office that sits on top of it. So that way, you can just tell Go High Level, hey, can you send this for me? And the mail and Mailgun will, you know, send it out. Actually, send it. And right. It,
1: it is Mailgun like the default option in, that GetResponse is using, or or sorry, Go High Levels using, or is it something yeah. you have to like specifically add in as a tool? like yeah. So
2: they did come out with LC Email, which is now they take the Mailgun and they put it in their service for you. Um, I, I haven't tested that too much yet. I'd rather get for for me at least. I'd rather get Mailgun on the side so I can see what's under the hood. So if there is a problem, I can go into my Mailgun account and you know talk to their support or do whatever I gotcha. need to do. So that's why I like saying you know get get both for now.
1: So you're setting up S or you're setting up Mailgun mm-hmm. as the SMTP for right. Go High Level to use. okay, right. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that way you get transparency so you could see the entire process. Um, which Correct. Which probably, especially when it comes to deliverability, could be key, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Might be helpful. Yeah.
0: Might be helpful. Because <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're talking about with some of the domain authentication and getting that yeah, stuff sure. in there. I imagine you need to have mm-hmm. a little bit more in-depth Information on that
2: and SMTP. Campaign Did I Refinery? Say that right? SM, is SMTP? SMTP? Okay, cool. That, SM, am I saying it right? Simple Mail know. Transfer Protocol. Yeah, we're good. Roll okay, ad. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's just too many words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Campaign Refinery and Mailgun, they both make it unbelievably easy for you to set up the domain authentication stuff. It's copy paste. They make nice. it really easy. You don't have to crawl through a support article for it. They have them, but they make it so unbelievably easy. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Especially as you said, that's a common deliverability mistake. So knowing that they could yeah. simplify that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, but those are the two. So let me ask this. What would be the distinction that you would make between a client if they're doing go high level and mail gun versus campaign refinery?
2: Campaign refinery, you, that's where you send emails from period. If you have a, a CRM. So if you're already in like HubSpot or you're already in, um, I think like Maropost is, is really, really good. Um, but if you have more of a CRM type software and you still wanna maintain that client management with your email stuff, then yeah, I would use go high level. I think once it, once you hit a certain point in business, it mm-hmm. might make more sense to go with a more enterprise solution, right? Like mm-hmm. like Morrow Post mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, for most of you listening to this podcast or watching, I would say Campaign Refinery or go high level. Those are my suggestions. Um, If you're like, oh, but David, you know, I really want to check out this one thing. Here's what I would do. Here's my litmus check. You go to their website. You go to their acceptable uh, acceptable use policy, their terms and conditions. And if it's really, 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 really long and they're very specific about what you can and cannot do, I like that. Mm, Right. So the more strict they are in their users, the better. You know, you're not going to have a bunch of hippie children just sending whenever they want. Whiting out the unsubscribe link on the bottom, which <laughs> I I still don't know why, I, I, I yeah I don't even have words behind it. So um, yeah, so that's a good
0: list. So when you when you have that when you're looking at ESP, if they have higher standards and they're keeping out, we'll say the bad behavior players. Yeah. Um, nothing about you bad players out there. You keep doing what you're doing, just in a different. Don't hate ESP. the player, at the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> I don't hate no players. Uh, so um, so understanding that like. What does that do for you um, in terms of you're going to an ESP that has those timestamps? Like why would that be the litmus test for you?
2: Yeah. Because when people, I want, am I going to get into shared IPs or not? Um, going to ask that, I was like, that might be hairy, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I, that's kind of where my question was, leading, Or yeah. I was
0: like, mm, I wonder if that's the reason why
2: No, no. I'm going to say, how about this? If you are hanging out of a Dunkin' Donuts in a really good neighborhood late at night, you're probably not going to be stopped because it's a good neighborhood. Most people don't commit crime there, right? If you're in a bad neighborhood, it doesn't matter if you're hanging out outside of a Dunkin' Donuts during the day, you're probably going to be asked, hey, what are you doing? Simply because of the area and the environment and the people. And what I like about Campaign Refinery is it's very – careful about the people who come into the environment. Very like, hey, you you need to actually get people to open and click your emails. You don't do that and we kick you out. Good neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's how I explain shared so IPs. An without HOA might be beneficial. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. yeah, you got to
0: raise your kids in the right ESP. That's <laughs> damn right. Yeah, I'm more of a no HOA
1: guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Thomas okay. has feral kids. Yeah, <laughs> his kids the, and his I'm cats are right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: okay. awesome, man. So that's a great mm-hmm. recommendation, and we're getting close on time. Really, really mm-hmm. appreciate it. you have a flight to catch to get back home. To, um, we love the time. We love the conversation. Um, but we know where we could even continue. Others might want to continue with you. Yeah. What is the best way that people get a hold of you, whether it's for services, whether it's for content, whether it's to unsubscribe off your email list <laughs> just so they could see that unsubscribe
2: page? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, whatever it might be, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can go to wealthyinbox.com. Uh, and I say that first because trying to spell my last name is a bear. So if you want to find me on social media, you can go on Facebook or LinkedIn, and I'll spell out my last name. So my name is David Cartolano, C-A-R, hit the table. Mm-hmm. C-A-R-T-O-L-A-N-O.
0: Cartolano. Yeah, Cartolano. Cartolano. Yeah, there Cartelano. you, cool. there you yeah, go. yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> there was still stuff in there. Sorry about that, Dylan. <laughs> Just tucking nice Prosecco things. Cow, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, that's why we want to have nice things. Got a anyway. puddle there. Got a puddle there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so great guys. So don't throw things around and definitely reach out to David Catalano. You know, at wealthyinbox.com. We'll make sure that link is in the show notes below. Um, but again, fantastic time. Absolutely. Um, really, really appreciate it. Email is not dead. It's still viable to your business. And with that, please rate, review, subscribe, do all the things, click the you know, the bell, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast, do the things that marketing tells me that I should tell you each time. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. And I want to say it each time. If also, you hey, if it.
1: you listen to more than three episodes, thank you. And yeah, if a rating or review would go a really long way to helping us out on iTunes or Google, wherever you're listening. So, yeah. yeah. So
0: yeah. if you want to help us out, please rate, review, and
2: subscribe. If you don't want to help us out, please rate, review, and subscribe. Do it and no matter what
0: your opinion is. And so if you do it um, because
2: of me, it's going to lift my ego. So please tell them if you subscribe, do it because <laughs> yeah. David. Yeah.
0: And yeah No needs a bigger <laughs> ego. So please rate and yeah. subscribe. The last thing I was like to say on the episodes <laughs> is if you have something where like, man, I was just this is a question I, I, I want to have answered. This is somebody I want you guys to talk to. Whatever it might be, even if it's just to say, I don't like your shirt, please email us at Affiliated, and it's my shirt, not yours. You have great shirts. I like your shirt. I do, too. Maybe others don't. Anyway, so... (laughs) Uh, affiliated at ClickBank.com. Please email us. We do read those emails. Not me because yeah, I'm literate, but Thomas does. I do, And yeah. he, read, he reads them aloud to me later. So yeah. um, please make that happen because it's important to me to have Thomas read to me. So I need the emails so that could happen. But yeah. with that, what do we tell the people, Thomas, as we leave and say goodbye? Happy scaling. Happy scaling. Until next time. Thanks so much.